Hey, this is Lexi. Book me for singing, songwriting, vocal production, engineering, and lessons through social media at LexiATL, email at LexiSolo at gmail.com, text me at 404-692-1299, or go to my website, LexiATL.com. Right now, you're tuned in to my podcast, Lex Chat, which is a show dedicated to music and entertainment where we talk about the industry and the business, and we help each other to become better artists and better creatives. You can catch these chats live on Instagram at LexiATL, that's at L-E-X-C-A-T-L to be part of the conversation, or catch the replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Wherever you're watching or listening, please like, subscribe, follow, and engage with the content by leaving comments and reviews. If you want to go the extra mile in supporting me, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash LexiATL, where you can pay a small monthly subscription because every little bit truly does help. This week on Lex Chat, let's chat about active fans versus passive fans. What are those definitions and what does each look like? Last week, we had a chat about the Renaissance film by Beyonce, and I mentioned that I've been an active fan of Beyonce, but a passive fan of other artists. And I want to dive into that aspect of the chat because it's something that I feel not enough artists are thinking about when trying to figure out who their fans are. As we go through the building stages of gaining a fan base, it's important to understand who is supporting you and what type of supporter they are. So if this sounds like a topic you'd be interested in chatting about, stay tuned. Baby, I need love and affection. I need real connection. Don't be scared to do it. Put more than a touch into it. More than what I want you, what I need. Open up, I'm more than what you see. Right. So you just heard my song Lovers in This War, which is available on my album Love Reset. Where can you find Love Reset? Where can you hear Lovers in This War? You can go to my website, www.lexiatl.com if you're interested in buying the physical copy and enjoying that physical experience of having an album. If you're more of a streamer and you know you don't have a CD player, but really the physical is for to support it. But if that's not your thing, then it is available digitally, of course, through iTunes, through Apple Music, through Spotify, through Tidal, all those different streaming platforms. Pick your favorite and it's it's on there, okay? I would really, really appreciate it if you would go check it out. Again, that was Lovers in This War. You can find that on the Love Reset album available in all streaming platforms. Or go the extra mile and support and really experience Touching the Music, buy the album on my website, LexiETL.com, all right? Updates and announcements for everybody. The next coffee date is going to be on Sunday, January 7th at 12 o'clock noon Eastern on Instagram at LexiATL, okay? Um, I debated whether or not I want to do another coffee date before the usual time that the coffee dates are held just because I kind of want to gather some people together to do like an end of the year planning end of the year examination of how did 2023 go what are some things that we plan on continuing what are some things that we want to start doing what are some things that we want to get rid of like the end of the year and the the symbolism I guess of what it means to go into a new year and the possibilities that going into the new year really 
allows us to think about and imagine. Um, it's an exciting time for me. I don't know if anybody else gets excited about this stuff or nerds out about it the way that I do, but I think it's an exciting time. It's an exciting opportunity to reflect on things and to make a plan. Something that I've kind of been really like falling off on. I think about stuff. No, no, no. I do think about stuff, but I've done a better job in the past of thinking about stuff than I have in the last few years. What I mean by that is I would usually have a plan for everything, but I've kind of let myself be lazy and I've let myself lose sight of the planning that I could be doing to make sure that I'm staying on track in my personal life and as an artist. And I think I'm starting to get into this type of thinking because I just turned 30 and I kind of get afraid of what it means to turn 30 and to have not accomplished some of the things that I thought I would have accomplished by now. And I don't necessarily feel bad for myself or anything, but I definitely want to make sure that I'm keeping some sort of continuous goal that I'm working towards. And I feel like I'm happier when I'm completing things. I feel like I'm happier when I'm striving for something, but you can't strive for anything if you never make a mark on the map. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's just my little, my little ramble. Let me know if any of y'all would be interested in doing a coffee date before the new year actually starts. And I would, I would love for it to be physically. So people who actually live in Atlanta, it would be really great to see like who would be interested in that. And we'll just go to a cute little coffee shop, maybe something that's not Starbucks because Starbucks is a little bougie out here. There's a lot of them that still have not opened up their dining rooms, which kind of irritates me because I used to love going into Starbucks and just sitting and working. Right. But it'll be a cute little coffee shop. I'll see what I can put together. I'll invite a few people who live out in Atlanta. If you're not in Atlanta, then we'll possibly go live the entire time that we are at the physical coffee date, assuming that I get a group together and successfully get everyone there. Um, what else did I want to say? I want to apologize in advance if my voice sounds weird. Um, this is my body punishing me. It could be the seasonal change too, but I, I rebuke that in the name of the Lord because I don't claim sickness. <laughs> Excuse me. But as you just heard, right, this I think this is my body punishing me because I just had some lemon pepper wings the other day and fried okra and I really don't do fried foods I really don't do um I just don't do fried foods and I typically don't do wings but in the past few months I've had like crazy cravings for wings and things um so I went ham on a 10 piece dry lemon pepper I wanted wet but they didn't ask me but I went ham I went crazy on a 10 piece lemon pepper and then like half of the thing was filled with fried okra and I put the um, the ranch on the wings. I put Tabasco hot sauce on the okra. It was delicious. But the next day I paid for it. My body let it all out <laughs> um, as far as the okra. And then I think for the wings, that lemon pepper seasoning just really hit the back of my throat the wrong way. I've had a sore throat ever since. So if I sound weird on this podcast, if I sound a little crazy, I apologize. If I cough in y'all's ear, I apologize. Um, but yeah, that's just what it is. If you notice that my voice sounds a little strange, that's what's happening with that. Um, before we get into the Lex chat, I do want to mention Magic Mind, which this is my third time mentioning it. And I just want to tell you all about it again, because it really is a great little product. And I had a great experience using it. So I used it for five days. And by the third day, I could really tell like, whoa, I've kind of entered into like a kind of flow state. 
the brain fogginess that I was experiencing, the even like the seasonal depression that I feel like I experienced, the weight of the world was like not on me as heavy and I wasn't feeling as stressed and as anxious about life in general. I wasn't feeling cloudy about things because I was experiencing brain fog. I don't know if it's like a life thing or if it's a slick depression thing with the change of the season. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know. But I do know that using Magic Mind for the week that I used it, right, it really did change my life. So I mentioned, you know, having issues with stress and anxiety and brain fog. Well, this Magic Mind shots, they're called shots, but I like to call them potions because they come in these cute little bottles. These Magic Mind potions, they reduce stress, steady, calm energy is what it gives you. It gives you focus and clarity and the benefits build daily. So the more you use it, the better it'll be for you and the more likely you are to stay within a flow state, which is what I feel like I really got into a rhythm of. So even after having used those those Magic Mind shots for the five days in a row, the week after, I felt like a kind of habit had set in and it's kind of like, I don't know if I want to call it the residual effects. I think that's the right way to say it. But the residual effects of having taken those shots for just those five days it made me feel like I wanted to be more productive and it kind of gave me a better a better clarity, a better outlook on my upcoming days. <laughs> so I'm definitely um, going to get me another order of those after I finish this Lex Chat today. And I think y'all should as well. And you can do that by going to magicmind.com slash LexChat and use my code LexChat20 to get 20% off of your first time purchase or to get up to 50% off of your first subscription, okay? That's magicmind.com slash LexChat. Some of the magic properties for focus, you have, I'm not even gonna try to say that, but we got lion's mane mushroom, we got bacopa monieri, and we've got citicoline. Let me try to say this first word. Phosphat, phosphatidylserin, phosphatidylserin. I think that's what how you say that. But that's for focus. For energy, they have ceremonial matcha, cordyceps mushrooms, rhodiola rosea, and B12, B3, and B12, and B2, sorry, B2, B3, and B12 vitamins. For less stress, they have ashwagandha, L-theanine, and turmeric. It's a delicious little shot. I put mine in the fridge because I like to have it chilled. And you can either pair it with your coffee or tea in the morning, or you can use it as a substitute to help you get into that clear mind state to help you get into that flow state. I think it's the mushrooms for that. I don't know if y'all have ever done drugs, but when I've done mushrooms, I feel so in tune with things. I wonder if the lion's mane mushroom (laughs) or the cordyceps mushroom is like the same as when we, anyway, I'm not condoning anything. I'm just saying magic mind is pretty amazing. And I would love for you to try it as well. Go to magicmind.com slash LexChat and use my code LexChat20 at checkout to get 20% off of your first one-time purchase or up to 50% off of your first subscription. And y'all be on the lookout. This episode is dropping on Christmas. They are going to have Magic Mind shots in stores in Sprouts starting in January of 2024. So new year, new options. I really want y'all to go check it out. And thank you so much, Magic Mind, for partnering with me and telling people about this great product. So I think that's all I have for y'all with the updates and the announcements. Okay, I want to get into the topic for today. Um, Oh, wait a minute. Kang underscore country says they made me in tune with everything. Now, are you talking about mushrooms or are you talking about magic mind? This is what it looks like in case I didn't show the camera already. 
and then I'm going to show Instagram. Yeah. Are you talking about mushrooms or are you talking about magic mind? I'm a big fan of mushrooms, but anyway, to get into today's topic, right? So we are talking, trying to get my visuals together. We are talking about active fans versus passive fans. Now I'm somebody, I don't really like even using the word um, fan. I like to use supporter more than anything, but you know, is what it is. We're going to use fans for the purpose of SEO and titling this thing. All right. Okay. You're talking about mushrooms. I feel you on that. They make me feel in tune and they give me like a body high and I feel like I can see auras, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get this together because I don't like how it's sitting right now, but whatever. We're going to roll with the punches and try to get my stuff together. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I hope y'all can hear that properly. I'm going to try to get it as much as I can. So let's get into the topic, right? So Google definitions, right? Active versus passive. I mentioned active versus passive support when I was doing the episode about Beyonce's Renaissance film. And I told y'all that I am an active fan of Beyonce, but I am a passive fan of other artists. And that gave me the idea for Lex Chat. So we're going to get into it. Anybody who's tuned in live on Instagram, feel free to ask questions and engage in this live chat. And you can hear your, hear your stuff back on the replay on YouTube and Spotify and all that good stuff. So what are the Google definitions of passive and active? Let me bring up my handy dandy screenshots that I took to prepare for this episode. All right. So passive accepting or allowing what happens or what others do without an active response or without resistance. Okay. And I forgot to start my music again. Magic Mind doesn't like music in the background, so I'm trying to accommodate, but it's kind of taking me off of my flow. Anyway, so that's what passive is. Accepting or allowing things to happen without any resistance, essentially, okay? So now the definition of active, so that was passive. Now the definition of active, engaging or ready to engage in physically energetic pursuits. So engaging in being engaged in, pursuing, activity. Those are the buzzwords when it comes to the word active, okay? So I didn't do a lot of research for this. Um, I'm sure there are more formal articles and more formal resources when it comes to talking about this particular topic. But for this podcast, to keep it light and to keep it, you know, bite-sized, something that y'all will easily take in, I went to Forbes.com and I went to MacCollier.com and I searched active versus passive fans in entertainment or supporters in entertainment because when I put active versus passing fans, it gave me like air conditioning companies or something. So the first one I want to dive into, let's get into the Forbes article. It's called The Future of Artist Fan Relationships. What's next for fan engagement? This was written by David Boehner back on May 10th, 2023. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna skip around a little bit to the parts that stuck out to me. 
Traditional forms of entertainment like movies, TV, and music have captivated all generations of audiences with alluring characters and storylines for the last century. However, these are mostly passive experiences. Sure, you can dress up as your favorite character, go to a concert or visit a theme park, but at the end of the day, you're passively watching the story unfold rather than having a vital say in what actually happens to the character or the direction an artist takes on their next song. Now, let's turn to video games. They offer a different opportunity for users to actively participate and become one with the storyline. Playing as the character itself, you become integral to the journey by making active decisions on your fate. It's a different level of engagement that movies, TV, music currently struggle to match. And then they gave the example of like the Harry Potter game. So Harry Potter came out with the books and the film, and then they came out with the video game that allows you to play as your favorite characters. And it affects the storyline depending on how well your character does in the game, the gameplay, right? Um, the next piece that sticks out to me on the Forbes article, it's the new creative process, active versus passive. Passive and active engagement are two ways fans can interact with content. Passive engagement is traditional and involves fans simply watching or listening as consumers without contributing significant input. In contrast, active engagement empowers fans by granting them greater participation and intimacy in the creative process. Okay? The future of engagement in music as the world shifts towards a greater emphasis on gamification, businesses can leverage the potential of Web3 to foster new levels of fan engagement. At the same time, artists can explore fresh avenues of creativity and self-expression. The opportunities for innovation are endless and the potential for deeper connections between artists and fans is greater than ever before. Fans want to be active participants and entertainment will continue to trend in this direction. Those who don't give their fans moments to actively be a part of the process will be left behind. What do you think the next phase of fan artist engagement looks like? And I wanna keep this up for my own reading. So, oh, where you at? All right, there you is. So this Forbes article is interesting to me because it's basically saying that unless the music industry kind of takes on the same kind of practices that video games and virtual reality and maybe even meta is taking on, that the music industry is going to have a very hard time keeping people's interest within the industry. And I already see this as an artist because it just seems like it's so much harder to keep people interested in not just like the indie people, like on my level, I'm not at a major level yet, but even when I'm looking at more major artists with the exception of Beyonce, when I'm looking at more major artists, it's really alarming how quickly we as the public move on from like being excited about an artist. And I think that's a real problem, but I think it speaks more to like, we've gotten too much into social media and virality going viral doing things for 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 uh what do you call it platforms like tiktok but when it comes to the face-to-face -face engagement the artists are lackluster they don't have stage presence they're not even giving things away at performances i mean not to say that they all are doing that but 
there has to be some sort of tangible thing that allows people to feel engaged. Crowd participation at a show, everybody's doing that. Um, performing and just standing on stage, everybody's doing that. Even if you're dancing on stage, that's still, according to, to Forbes, that's still passively consuming something because the person does not have an active hand in the creation of the process. So what I'm seeing in music anyway, um, is people are still going about releasing music in like the cheap, easy, quick way, thanks to streaming. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because it gives more accessibility. But when it comes to making the music and attaching it to an experience, like, I don't know if any of y'all feel the same way, but I've had a really hard time. And maybe this is because I'm an artist and I mostly listen to my own music, but it's been a really long time since I've been able to hear a song and time and timestamp a particular moment in my life to go along with what was going on at the time when this song came out. I don't have memories for like, with the exception of like Don Tolliver's Lemonade, that's not even his song, that's somebody else, but Don Tolliver was featured on it. Don Tolliver's Lemonade and then St. John's uh, Roses, I think it's called. Like I know where I was during that time and I know what I was going through during that time. I was going through some relationship drama <laughs> with this guy who passed away, um, rest in peace, Miyagi. But um, I can timestamp that. But literally in the past 10 years, um, there's that instance. And then there are a few like EDM pop songs that I can relate like, how deep is your love? Is it like the ocean? A devotion like I know exactly what I was doing during the time because I was on a shuttle ride in New York I traveled to New York by myself and uh, to do a show at the Pyramid Club and that song was playing on the radio as we were crossing over the bridge to get to Manhattan so there are literally like in the past 10 years those are the only times I can think of that a song has time stamped my life because I genuinely like the song but I guess because I don't like this music that's out now I don't relate it to my life, but that's really besides the point. Let's move on to, let's move on to the next point, right? The point that I wanted to get into with that is the music is not enough. Um, and we're going to get into this later, but what would an artist do? Cause I'm hearing the things, but I'm not interacting with the things. How would an artist turn me from a passive engager to an active engager, a passive fan to an active fan? How would they do that? And I kind of want to dive into that for this Lex chat. The next article that I want to get into, it's by Mac Collier at maccollier.com. This was from October 2nd, 2018, but the points are still really good in my opinion. It's the difference between passive and active fans of your brand. And I just want to read the article for you. I'm thrilled that Troy Janish asked me to speak to his advanced social media class at the University of Wisconsin at River Falls tonight. His class has read Think Like a Rockstar and I'll be doing a Q&A with the students. One of the students asked if it was possible for a brand to have different degrees or types of fans. It's a great question and I think it definitely is. Let's talk a bit about some basic differences among your brand's fans. Your fans are as unique as your customers. But for the purposes of this post, let's break your fans down into two groups, passive and active. Passive fans, these fans love your brand, but typically will not proactively share that love. They will promote your brand, but typically they need an opening to do so. For instance, 
If a passive Ford fan is asked if his Ford Edge has been reliable, then he would happily endorse the vehicle. But otherwise, they aren't going to promote your brand if there's not a natural reason to do so. Active fans are more passionate about your brand. The active fan who owns a Ford Edge would be trying to organize a local car club for just Ford Edge owners. These fans are more motivated to act on the brand's behalf and more likely to view themselves as being brand owners. Perhaps the easiest way to identify the difference between passive and active fans is that passive fans are often happy to work with your brand if you contact them, whereas the active fans will typically contact your, band, your brand first. They will want to know what they can do to help your brand, which they really view as their brand. So why are some fans active and others are passive? It could simply be that some fans are introverts and some are extroverts. Introverts by nature are more likely to be passive promoters and extroverts are more likely to be active promoters. Another reason for the difference between passive and active fans is the level of loyalty and devotion that the fan feels toward the brand. If the loyalty and passion a fan has for the brand is mostly rooted in the products it sells, then they may be more likely to be passive fans. On the other hand, if a fan is loyal to the products the brand makes and the brand, they could be more likely to be active fans. For instance, Patagonia makes very high quality clothing and outdoor wear, but they also support environmental causes that Patagonia customers are very passionate about. This could motivate Patagonia fans to be more devoted to the brand and more active in promoting it. This topic of different degrees of fans is a fascinating concept to think about. You could break it down further, but you have to be careful to do so in a way that's still useful and helps to explain the underlying concepts without being too confusing. All right, I'm noticing a little lag on my Instagram, so I'm gonna turn my Wi-Fi off on a couple of my devices. So. I really enjoy these two articles. Like I said, one is on Forbes and that's called the future of artist fan relationship. What's next for fan engagement. And then the one from MacCollier.com is the difference between passive and active fans of your brand. So check those out on your own time um, because I did not read the full articles on those. So, 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 so. <clears throat> So now I wanna get into my definition of active versus passive fans. When I was describing myself as an active fan of Beyonce, basically, so to make it long story short, right? Basically, I'm kind of relating active versus passive on whether or not somebody is spending money with me or coming to shows like kind of basically spending money, but it doesn't always have to be about the money, right? So my definition of an active an active supporter is somebody who's buying the music, somebody who's coming out to the shows, somebody who is sharing the music to their social medias, maybe on stories. They might be using the music as part of their reels. Um, they're buying the album from my website directly. They are telling their friends about it and they're actively telling people about me and where to find my music and they're sharing how much they like my music with the people that are around them, right? To me, that is an example of what an active supporter looks like. A passive supporter in my mind is someone who only listens but they never buy, they never come to the shows, they never 
They never really interact. Well, they might interact with social media posts, but they'll only like it and they'll comment on it, but they wouldn't take it anywhere outside of that realm, right? Like they're not going the extra, the extra step, taking the extra three seconds to press share to stories. They're not doing that necessarily. So in my mind, that's the difference between an active supporter and a passive supporter. So these are some questions I think we need to ask ourselves when we're trying to decide what we're doing during these building stages of building a fan base, making sure that we're understanding who our supporters are and like what kind of people are they and what is the reason that they are active, what's the reason that they're passive. So first question we gotta ask ourselves, what type of fans do I have? Now, this can be kind of tricky and I know, you know, because we're on an indie level and we don't necessarily have the same budget as some of these majors, we kind of just, with the introduction of social media, it does make it easier to blast our stuff to multiple people. But what I've noticed in my own experience of running ads, I can spend however much money to get it in front of however many eyes, but I can't get people to genuinely interact with it. So the thing about advertising is, just because you pay for the advertising, that does not guarantee you a sale. That does not guarantee that someone's gonna check out your website. It doesn't guarantee that people are gonna go check out your music. All it does is put your face, put your sound in front of people, but they have to go the extra mile and be engaged enough to wanna go, oh, who is this person? Oh, what is this song? Oh, let me listen on my Spotify. Let me listen on my Apple, you know? So they have to go the extra step. So. All of that to say, it can be difficult for newer artists to wanna hone into who are those people that are actually supporting me, um, like who are my actual fans, because there's so much of just throwing paint at the wall. I should say throwing noodles at the wall, that'd be cute. You know when you throw spaghetti at the wall and when it's done, it sticks to the wall? If it's not, if it's not done, it falls. That's what I'm thinking about. But it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, right? It's a numbers game, but it's not necessarily about making that connection with your fans or with your potential fans, right? I just wanna restart my camera really quickly so I don't have to stress about starting that over. Excuse me. <coughs> so what kind of fans do I have? I think it's really important, even if you are a smaller artist or you're at a smaller stage in your career, you still have to be concerned about when you see those sales going through, when you see those people showing up to your, your concerts, showing up to your showcases, to your talent shows, whatever it is that you're performing live, take note of who those people are. Take note of what they look like, how old they are, what do they do for a living, like what kind of job do they have, what kind of music are they listening to outside of you. This is called an avatar, I wanna say a client avatar or a customer avatar, is basically building a visual of what does my ideal fan look like? Now, cause you might have an idea of what your fan looks like in your head, but then you need to compare it to the reality of, okay, who are the people that are actually buying? Who are the people that are playlisting my stuff? Who are the people that are actually showing up to the talent shows and the showcases and the festivals and the concerts to see me do my thing? They're coming to my shows. It's important that you are paying attention to who's buying. What's their age? What do they do? How much money do they make? 
What kind of stuff did they like to do? What other artists are they listening to? Why do they listen to those other artists? Under what circumstances are they listening to those artists? Because there might be situations where they're just cleaning the house at home. They could be riding in the car to work. They could be working out at the gym. And those different situations would require different types of music. So what are those people doing? How are they listening? Like, why are they listening to, the, to your music? How are they interacting? What are they using your music for? It would be important to understand that. Why does it matter? It matters because you need to understand the profile of who your supporters are, the profile of what your supporters look like. So I have to find the episode, but I did an episode of Lex Chat way back when, maybe a few months ago, and I was talking about the customer avatar, right? And it matters because you wanna understand who's buying and then how do I get more of those type of people to buy my music and become my fans and actively care about what I'm doing over here, right? That's why it matters. It matters so you know who to go after. So now instead of just throwing spaghetti at the wall and waiting to see what sticks, you can now focus your funds, focus your money on people who are more likely to become your fans. People who are more likely to, what you call it, consume your content. And this is me preaching to myself as well because I don't do this enough. I know kind of what my fan base looks like, but I have not tweaked my advertising to match the people that I would most likely be liked by or people who would most likely buy from me. So why does it matter to know? It matters because then you can start to dial in on who might be your target audience and that will help you with marketing and advertising in the future. The next question we wanna ask ourselves, how do I find more active fans? Now, this one, I would say, how do we find more active fans? So you have the people who are active, right? Identifying those people, who are they? What are their names? What do they look like? Like literally, is it a man? Is it a woman? Um, what age bracket do they fall within? What tax bracket do they fall within? Are they black? Are they white? Are they Asian? Are they Latino? What kind of job do they have? Like all these different things, like what kind of music do they listen to? Where are they listening to music? All of these things play a role. So how do you find more active fans? I would say for me, I kind of just pay attention to who these people are already and why did they become an active fan of me? So when I look at some of the people who I know are active fans, to be very honest, it's usually because they find me attractive. Well, let's go, let's make that the second reason. I think the number one reason why a lot of people have become my active fans is because I've already given them some sort of value. A lot of people I meet who are my fans, and I don't like using that word, but for the purpose of this, fans, supporters, interchangeable. A lot of people's interactions with me as an audio engineer, I've put into them the value I've given the value of and I have poured into them as an artist and I've I've given myself in that way and made myself valuable in that way right I'm an audio engineer but I'm vocally producing and I might be helping you to write your music I might mix and master I might give you some um, information on how to register your music so I've made myself valuable to these people and I help them with what they want to do so they in turn are very appreciative of me and they go and they support the music because I've done I've done amazing things for them in the studio. Now they want to return the favor and support me 
you know, and what I'm doing because they'll need my support in the, in the future. And they're also going to want support of their own from people in the future. So that's one way that I know to make active fans just by going to work every day and doing my best with the people who work with me. Okay. I think another way we can do that is another way we can get active fans is the kind of fan that you have, right? The person that's active, what do their friends look like? And can I turn those friends into my fans as well? I think look at the people who are close to your active fans. So if you've already like, if you haven't built that customer avatar, that fan avatar, the supporter avatar, then look at the people who are closest to your active fans. What do those people look like around them? Okay. And then we got to ask ourselves a question because we can't leave out the passive people. We just have to wonder, like, how do we approach them? Is it possible for me to convert my passive listeners? If so, how do I do that? Now, by my definition, right? So there's Google definition and then there's like the Mac Collier articles definition and the Forbes definition. Their definitions are more so passive is they'll watch, they'll listen, they'll listen, right? Um, and then active is they have a say so in the creative process or they feel a part of it in a certain way. They affect the outcome. For me, um, I would agree with the active definition, but passive for me, right? People who are just listening and watching, they might like here and there, they might comment on my post here and there. But like I said earlier, they're not sharing to their stories. They're not buying the music. Um, they're not coming to the shows. So I guess really the only way I could figure out how would I turn these passive people into active people? And I think that they can flip flop here and there, you know, sometimes the active people become passive. Sometimes the passive become active. And sometimes it really just boils down to what's going on in people's lives. Maybe they can't make the show. Maybe they're struggling with their budget and they don't make enough money to go to extracurricular activities. I know there are a few people in my life who I've talked to about them not necessarily having the funds to do certain things, not just with music, but enjoying life in general. Like they just don't necessarily have the means for it. Right. Um, so sometimes you're just not going to affect people in that way. And I think it's okay. But when it comes to the people that we can kind of convert, this is like a religion, you know, we're kind of building a cult following. What would I do to make my passive followers become active? Something that I've kind of done that I need to get back on. I've taken like literally a three month break from doing it, but I found a program that gave me the ability to see all of my followers in like a, a spreadsheet format. I think it's called Phantom Buster, but I used it to go through my, my profile on Instagram and tell me the handles of everybody who follows me. And when I'm, when I was heavily, I'm still promoting my album, but as far as, um, promoting the physical sales, I got to 2000 people. Okay. I was going through and I was sending out a message to these people, share the reel showing the physical product of the album. And then I put a message, Hey, my name's Lexi. I know we haven't talked. We don't really interact, but I just wanted to reach out first and share something that I'm doing with you. I thought maybe if I do a personal interaction that 
you'd be more inclined to follow me and see what's going on and in return I can do the same for you and then there's a link to the album so they can buy it and sometimes I've, and I've actually gotten a few sales that way so I think a simple way of doing it it takes longer and it's more work it takes me it takes more hours to do but to personally reach out to some of the people who are passive and you might have to foster those relationships nurture those relationships a little bit more to get people to want to become active it's like repetition repetition right i did another episode of lex chat where we got into advertising and marketing and part of advertising the purpose is to become recognizable but you don't become a recognizable brand until like the seventh time that someone has seen you or heard you being mentioned then you become recognizable and because you're recognizable you're more likely to be seen as more trustworthy so people will start to tune in and people will start to buy from you because you're recognizable and they're starting to trust you because however many outlets are starting to mention you or you know you're starting to pop up wherever so until you become recognizable to people and remain like a constant force in someone's life, maybe you won't be able to turn them from passive to active until you establish some sort of relationship. So you might have to work harder is what I'm saying. And I'm sure there's a different subset um, where it's not just as simple as active and passive, right? But that's my thinking for how I might turn an act, a passive listener to an active listener. And then what's the benefit? Another question to ask ourselves, what's the benefit of being an active fan of mine? This is a harder question. This is a harder question. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. So this is a harder question because it's like there are people who will support you without you ever having to ask or without you really having to do anything um, directly. For me, being an active supporter of me, I guess it gets you more access to me because people, it's not like I just get support out of nowhere from people. Um, my support is, is stemming from the fact that I've engineered so many people and helped them get their music to sound a certain way. So now they support me, right? But another reason why people benefit from being my active fan, I would say, not just the knowledge that I am willingly giving them on music when we're in the studio together, but also the knowledge that I provide in Lex Chat. okay? I used to also do YouTube tutorials where I would teach people, new artists and people who are interested in music and engineering and studio stuff. I would do tutorials on the gear in the studio, how to mix, how to download beats, how to send files, how to label things, things of that nature. So my approach, and I got this idea from listening to Gary Vaynerchuk. So thanks, Gary V. He said that you have to be offering something of value for people. You keep offering, 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 and then eventually you can, you can do an ask. So, but if you just ask right out, people are going to wonder, well, why should I do blah, blah, blah for you? You know, why should I? But if you have been giving them like free value for a long, long time, it becomes easier to make an ask because you've been valuable over time. So there's the people who work with me directly in the studio. There's the people who listen to Lex Chat, which is free. And then I do coffee dates. So people who are actively engaging with me 
We do coffee dates on Instagram and there's more value there because I'm bringing a community together of creatives. So knowing me gets you access to other creatives that you didn't know about. And by knowing these other creatives, we expand our network, we expand our knowledge because we're sharing resources and we're sharing ideas with each other and we're brainstorming. So that's another benefit. And then another benefit of mine, for me personally, I think it's the fact that I do giveaways every once in a while. So I have here in my notes, I host giveaways a few times in the year. Those who are actively tuned in get something in return for being a great supporter. So my example um, that I wrote down here, let me just read my notes so I don't, you know, go long winded tangent. But my example is when I released the 12 Ratchet Days of Christmas, one way that I was um, promoting that song was by a giveaway and the winner won a ratchet Christmas basket. But to participate, you had to be following me. You had to share the song on your stories or on your timeline, or you had to buy it on um, iTunes, you know, or buy a physical copy or something. And then whoever, like that would put you into the drawing because it was a random drawing. And whoever wins gets the opportunity to win a ratchet gift basket, which included chocolate, alcoholic eggnog, um, condoms, there's a Santa hat, there was a candle, there was a $25 DoorDash card, and there were like three lottery tickets in there. So, you know, it didn't, for a lot of people, it didn't cost anything, just a few moments of their time. And they had the opportunity to win a ratchet gift basket, right? You're getting something tangible for being a supporter of mine, for tuning in and paying attention, you get this thing. Something else that I've done is I've given cash prizes to people who follow me, um, especially when Love Reset either just dropped or was about to drop. I think it just dropped. But I offered daily cash prizes Monday through Friday. So $5 a day, it was small, but it's something, right? Like I would take $5 a day if I had the opportunity. And all it takes is a few moments of my time. So I created a trivia thing on Instagram, go to my stories, and I'm gonna ask you a question about my album and my music. Well, it's specifically for the Love Reset album. On my main page, I have articles written about Love Reset. You gotta read through these things to see if you can find the answer and that'll heighten your chances of answering correctly. First person to answer the trivia correctly gets the $5 cash prize for the day. No limit on how many times you can win. Just be the first one to get it right every single day, Monday through Friday, and you get $5 a day. That's $25 a week. I think I did that for like four weeks, $100, right? And somebody, I know some people got $30, some people got 40, somebody else probably got like 10 or 15. And it was just a fun little thing to do, you know? So as a reward for tuning in, as a reward for being an active supporter, now I'm giving back a little bit by money. Everybody likes money. So those are benefits of being an active fan of mine. And I want to challenge y'all, what are some, like ask yourselves these questions as well. What type of fans do I have? Why does it matter? Why does it matter to know what type of fans I have? How do I find more active fans? Is it possible for me to convert my passive listeners to active listeners? If so, how do I convert my passive, my passive listeners to active supporters and fans? 
And then what's the benefit of being an active fan of mine? What are some things I can do to make this a beneficial relationship on both ends? Because as the artist, I'm getting the attention, I'm getting people sharing my stuff. But as a listener, what do you get besides, oh, I got access to this music. So yeah, I want y'all to think about those things and I want you to figure out what kind of fans you have, who's been supporting and what are those people? Who are those people? Are they black? Are they white? Are they Asian? Are they Latino? Are they, are they rich? Are they poor? Are they middle-class? Do they work hourly? Do they work for a salary? Do they go to the gym? Like what are their interests and figure out like, who are these people? Why do they like your music? And then how do you find other people like those people so you can get more active listeners? And that's really all I got for today's Lex Chat. So yeah, think about those questions. And I want to thank y'all so much for tuning in today. You can catch these chats live on Instagram at LexiATL to be part of the conversation. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube to leave and you can leave comments and reviews. I would really appreciate that. If you want to become a sponsor for Lex Chat, there are two ways you can do so. To be an active supporter, you can be an active supporter by going to patreon.com slash LexiATL. I want to give a shout out to official Mr. Flatshoals and Eldon Cleary. They are on my patrons right now. Thank you guys so much for your support. So you can go to patreon.com slash LexiATL and do the monthly donation. Um, that's one way to support. If you want to be a sponsor, you can buy ad spots during the podcast for your business or your service. And you can find those details, um, in my description down below, or just use my email in the description down below. Before we go, I want to give another mention to my album. Y'all check out love reset. It's on all streaming platforms, but I would love for you to go the extra mile to make the extra connection with the album. And that is to buy the physical album. Go to www.lexiatl.com to buy the physical album and I will send that to you and that would be so amazing. And I want to mention the coffee date, which is going to be the first Sunday of the month. The next one is going to be Sunday, January 7th at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time. Okay. And then lastly, I told y'all about Magic Mind, these magical little potions for more focus, for more energy and less stress. Well, I've got a deal for you. I've partnered with Magic Mind and we have got some discounts for you. Go to magicmind.com slash LexChat and use my code LexChat20 for 20% off of your first purchase or for up to 50% off of your first subscription. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in to LexChat today. My name is Lexi. Until next time. Peace. You love me like you're